in the bathroom of my 200 square foot apartment that I was living with my husband at the time in Las Vegas during COVID. And I looked at myself in the mirror, hyperventilatingly crying. And I was like, what the fuck? Who are these people? Welcome back to It's Kind of Personal, the podcast where we melt shame and shed light on real sex and love. I'm Danny, your queer intimacy coach. And today, we're going to be talking about the age-old question, but how do I know if I'm gay? Ah, a lovely question. (laughs) A question that plagued me for years. I've known people personally, and in my work, people have asked me, how do I know if I'm gay? Or some variation of that. People start to question their sexuality, and then they freak out. Understandably, right? And they want to know for sure. How do I know for sure? Like, is there a quiz? Can you tell me? Like, let me tell you my story, then you tell me if I'm gay or not. I I really, I really, really get the urgency. Today, I'm going to talk about my journey of figuring out and accepting my gayness, my queerness, and I'm also going to be reflecting back on signs that could have pointed me in this direction earlier if I had the representation and the awareness that things were that I did were a little gay or very gay depending on the story. I want to start out by saying that I don't know a lot of straight people who question if they're straight. Sorry I I just had to say it None of my straight friends um, used to lie awake at night wondering if they were gay. So, that might be a good start, a good litmus test to see if maybe, maybe you're wanting to explore some things. So, I came out quote-unquote late in life at 24. I'm now 20, almost 29. I almost forgot my age. I want to talk about some of the reasons that it took me so long to realize and then a little bit longer to accept and then like proudly come out. And the first thing that really comes to my mind is representation. I'd never realized the power of representation, but when you don't see people who look like you in the media, you can start to think that you're invalid. So the only gay person that I knew of growing up was Ellen. I didn't look like her. I don't look like her. Um, She's a lot more masculine presenting. And I thought that that's what a lesbian looked like. You know, there were always jokes in school about the lesbian softball coach or the PE coach or whatever. I did have a PE coach who was a lesbian. She looked like the stereotype, the super short, spiky hair, wore like basketball shorts, cargo shorts. And um, I didn't want to look like that, and I didn't look like that. So the math in my brain was, since I don't look like that, I can't be gay. I had never, ever heard of, seen, known anybody that looked more feminine and was a lesbian. There started to be some queer representation in the media. There was maybe like a gay best friend, a gay uncle or something, and they were always guys. And I never saw any shows that 
had lesbians in them or queer women at all. And because I didn't see it, I didn't know that I could be it. That rhymed um, on accident. (laughs) So that's why representation is very, very important. Another thing that got in my way of figuring out my sexuality was, of course, my religious upbringing. (laughs) Um, Being gay was not allowed, obviously. I was taught to put the validation of men above everything. It kind of confused me because I was preoccupied with wanting men to think that I was attractive, which I thought, you know, if I was gay, I wouldn't care, right? So that didn't click for me. And what's interesting is because I didn't have uh, a relationship to my sexuality, I didn't really know what I liked, what I wanted, what felt good to me. So I spent a lot of time trying to get boys to like me, but I didn't really like them back. My first kiss, it wasn't my first kiss technically, but my first kiss with a boy, I should say, was like 13 or 14. I remember telling him, like, he was like, oh, that was amazing. I was like, yeah, I didn't feel anything. Um, And I, I liked how much he liked me, but I didn't like him back. And that was kind of a pattern for me. (laughs) Also, nobody ever told me that you could just be friends with guys. My idea that everyone told me, you know, like, boys only want one thing. Women and men can't be friends. There would be articles on the internet that I would read. Can men and women really just be friends? No, of course not. So no one ever told me that I could just be friends with a dude. If you're enjoying being around them, then you need to date and have sex, get married, blah, blah, blah. So there was, it was a very black and white choice that was presented to me. It's like, if you enjoy being around this man, you need to marry him. So I did exactly that. I got married when I was 18, basically a child. We were best friends. Of course we're going to get married. What else are we going to do? When I left the church, I was like, okay, I'm bisexual. It was so clear to me that I liked women. But since I was with a dude, I was like, okay, I'm at least, I got a, there's a guy that I'm married to here, but I also like women. So uh, again, my math, that equals bisexual. So I'm bisexual. And I would say things like, everyone thinks women are more attractive than men, right? Uh, no, actually, that's not true. There are women who don't think women are more attractive than men. Crazy, right? So now that I claimed myself as bisexual, I was, I felt good. There was a part of me that felt like open and free and lighter. Like I didn't have to deny my desires anymore. So that was really fun. We tried an open relationship because we, we got married when we were very young and we were just curious. And now I wanted this chance to explore dating women. I was so, so scared. I was scared to death. Um, I would try to message women on apps and, um, I didn't know how to, to switch from this friendly place that I had been interacting with women my whole life and like suppressing the, the sexual nature. So I didn't know how to flirt with women. I didn't, 
I didn't know how to just interact at all with them. I had some conversations, but that didn't really pan out. I was working at an office and I had a crush on the girl that was working at the front desk with me. And looking back, I'm pretty sure she liked me too, but I was too shy to do anything about it. I had this fear of coming off as predatory. I was so awkward every time we hung out. Now that I didn't have to suppress this part of me, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I identified as bisexual for about five years. Toward year four, three and a half, I was really starting to question if I was just a lesbian. Because the way, the way that I felt talking to women and like having crushes on women was completely different than how I felt with men. And I started to realize that men felt more, it's like a friendship, it felt more friendly and I didn't enjoy the sex. I didn't crave it. I thought maybe I just wasn't a sexual person, but it turns out I was just sleeping with the wrong gender. So that'll do it sometimes. The idea of me being gay was, didn't compute with my brain because I was like, wouldn't I have known my whole life? Cause like I heard, I've heard stories of people being like, yeah, I, you know, I knew since I was five years old and I've hi been hiding it this whole time. Then I came out and that wasn't my experience because I wasn't, I wasn't hiding it. I just was unaware one of the reasons that I didn't have that awareness was that my nervous system was in survival mode from my past. I was so focused on protecting myself, keeping my heart guarded. I was frozen from the neck down. I suppressed my sexual desires and my urges because I was taught that they were sinful. So I wasn't in touch with them at all. I was operating on the stories of what I was told I should do, what I should like, who I should be. And so that guided my decisions. I was living on autopilot, doing what I needed to do, but I never stopped to ask myself, is my body enjoying this? Do I desire this? When I started to get this hunch that maybe I was actually a lesbian, I kept just being like, no, 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 that's stupid. I'm married. I can't be a lesbian. Duh. When Orange is the New Black came out, um, if you don't know, it's a show set in a women's prison. There's some, some gay stuff that goes on. I remember watching that show and I was like, I think I have to stop watching this because it's making me more gay. As a joke, I said that, but inside, seeing women, feminine looking women, make out and have these sex scenes was awakening something in me that I never allowed myself to go there fully. Still didn't occur to me. I also told myself that, oh yeah, I, I could sleep with women, but I could never have a relationship with them. Like, I could never... It's just kind of like a sexual thing. It's not like a romantic life partner type of thing. Because that felt safe to me. It felt safer for me to acknowledge my sexual attraction to women while making um, a full relationship with them be off the table. Because then, my current life could stay the same. I wouldn't have to change my relationship at all. It's funny how our mind does all these 
backflips and jumps through hoops to try to not know what we know, right? It's really interesting. So I was able to push this down for for a long time, a couple years. I was like fighting this idea. I was like, nah, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. Then COVID happened. I found myself with my then husband in lockdown with nowhere to go, nothing to do, just to sit and think. You probably know where this is going. There was nothing to keep me distracted, keep me busy. Um, I was forced to stop. And that brought up all the things that I had been running from. The main one being my sexuality. And I remember googling, can I be a lesbian and be married? I was desperately looking for someone to be like, no, obviously if you're married, you can, obviously you like men, so don't worry about it, you're fine. And I was just in disbelief that I couldn't have realized this about myself sooner. My deep conditioning for male validation clung on to me and followed me through up until a year or two ago. It was gripping me. What is my purpose outside of an object for male attention? So I really had to explore that. I was doing all this Googling, reading Reddit posts about trying to find people in my situation. And I think I found two blog articles of women who were saying similar things. Like, hey, I was married, then I realized this, and I left my marriage. And once I realized that other people had gone through it too... I was like, okay, this is real. I'm not just making it up because I'm bored or whatever else I told myself. This is real and this is scary. I read those stories and there was somewhere, some part of me was like, yeah, that's, that's you. That you can't run from this anymore. And I had a panic attack. I went into the bathroom in the bathroom of my 200 square foot apartment that I was living with my husband at the time in Las Vegas during COVID. And I looked at myself in the mirror, hyperventilating, crying. And I was like, you're gay. You are a lesbian. And I was balled up on the bathroom floor because accepting this about myself meant that I was accepting that my whole life was about to change. And I, I was so fucking scared. I was so scared. And then all of the thoughts come up like, oh, no one's going to love you. No one else is going to love you if you leave. And, you know, what if, what if this is just a phase and then you realize that you actually don't um, want to be with women and then you just ruined your marriage and blew up your life for nothing? It was just every, every negative thing, every fear that I could possibly think. And, um, I wiped off my tears and I went back out and pretended like nothing happened because this discovery was so raw and fresh and new. I couldn't, I couldn't say it to anyone but myself at that time. And then once I accepted that in that moment, 
I was reflecting back on my childhood and a lot of things made sense. When I was in kindergarten, one of my friends at the time, we would make out and we would cuddle innocent little kid stuff like exploring with each other and I really really liked her and I had a waterbed at the time because I don't know it was like 2000 so waterbeds were cool and um, my mom opened the door I think the girl was on top of me on the bed and we were kissing or something and my mom didn't say anything. She was dead silent. She took the girl by the hand, led her out on the couch, and made her sleep out there. And I woke up, and the girl was gone in the morning, and we never talked about it. Ever. But I just knew that it was shameful. It's like she wanted to pretend like it didn't happen. I was mortified. I remember like I couldn't look at her for a long time. And so just kind of moved on with my life. And then I think I was eight. I kissed my best friend at the time. And then every time that we would hang out, I think I think we called it playing house or something. I was the dad coming home from work and she was the mom and then we would just start kissing and playing around. <laughs> we almost got caught once and that was really scary, but we never got caught, thankfully. Um, eventually we just stopped because I, you know, we were growing up and I think we realized that this, what we were doing was quote unquote wrong and we needed to stop. So we did. And I always got weirdly jealous of my female friendships when they would get a new friend i would get so mad i felt like they were betraying me and i would just throw a fit and pick a fight with them because i i didn't want anyone else to be their friend i wanted them to just focus on me and be friends with me because i liked them um but at the time i didn't understand that when i would use my mom's little sidekick flip phone she had a little bit of internet every month, and I remember one time I googled girls kissing or something. <laughs> really original. Um, I was too scared to watch porn, so I never... <laughs> the first time I watched porn, I think I was like 19. So before that, I would just google things like girls kissing and look at like the racy pictures on Tumblr. <laughs> so for some reason, that did not tip me off that I was a lesbian. But yeah, the first time I watched porn, I was 19. And this was the time that I still thought I was bisexual. I just typed in lesbian. And never having seen two women have sex before in movies or in porn or anything, and never having watched porn before, was watching these women have sex. I think my first porn video actually was three women having sex. And I felt like my brain exploded. Stuttering. Like, I could not comprehend it. I got so turned on that it hurt. It hurt so bad. I had never felt that in my entire life. It was incredible. Oh, wow. I also told myself I couldn't be gay because I wasn't repulsed by sex with men. And I even 
I had an orgasm sometimes. I faked a lot of them too. There were times that I did have an orgasm and at the time that was proof that I wasn't gay to me. But actually, we can have orgasms from anything. It doesn't mean that we're desiring the object, right? Like, I can have an orgasm with a vibrator. It doesn't mean that I want to date and marry the vibrator. And the same thing with a man, you know? A penis can stimulate things, and that can feel good. But that doesn't mean that you want to date and marry and are attracted to the man attached to it. A penis is just a shape. You know, it's a shape that fits in the vagina. That doesn't mean that I wanted to be with men. And some people don't understand that. People who say dumb shit like, Oh, well, if you use a strap-on, you like men, you may as well just use a dick. Guess what? It's not the same thing because a strap-on, there's not a man attached to it. Crazy, isn't it? Insane. Insane concept for people, especially men, to grasp. When I finally came out, and I left that marriage. It was really difficult because I, I drug it out for so long because I was so scared of finally pulling the trigger to be out on my own. But I was also really excited. I felt like I was going through puberty again. I was so horny. All I could think about was sex. It was insane and very fun. I went on Tinder and I set my profile to men and women because in my mind I was like, okay, but I think I'm gay, but what if I just didn't like that one guy that I married, but I'll like different guys. Maybe I should look around. I tried. And with my new awareness of myself, immediately I could tell that it was so performative. I felt the coldness in me toward these men and they'd want to meet up and I was like, no. I don't want to meet up with you ever. That made it really clear to me. After that, I was like, okay, finally, I'm for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, gay. So that was exciting because that angst of not being sure what my label was, bisexual or lesbian, it was stressful to me. I wasn't stressed because I didn't have a certain label. I was stressed because I couldn't figure out what I wanted. How I finally figured it out was, number one, I started getting in touch with what my body enjoyed. So I started dancing and listening to music that I liked and moving my body in ways that felt good and eating food that I wanted. I started listening to my desires. And it was really hard because they were whispering at first. When you shut down your desires... And you're like, okay, I'm ready, listen. They're not just going to come barreling out usually. They're like, are you sure? Is it is it safe for me to come out? You're not going to squish me again? The desires are kind of shy, so you have to coax them out and really be open to what your body likes and what your body is saying. Be open to hearing it without judgment. And that's tricky. That's tricky for sure. I came out. I'm going to make this new life for myself. I'm figuring out who I am. And I was on the receiving end of some homophobia. And it it crushed me. I went to this party. I was meeting everyone. And a couple people were like, oh, you look nice. I was like, thanks, just went on a date. And one of the guys there was like, oh, how was it? Was he nice? I was like, yeah, she was great. 
just casually correcting, not making a big deal about it. Oh, were you a lesbian? Well, have you ever been with a guy? I just haven't had the right dick yet. <laughs> I cannot believe that someone just said that to my face. And I, I still didn't have a lot of self-confidence like this being out it's like a baby with a soft spot. It was so delicate and so sensitive and new to me. And he said that and I felt like I just got punched. And so I just kind of shut down and walked away. And then someone else heard our conversation and he was like, hey, um, I don't mean to pry, but I heard you were a lesbian and I was just wondering, were you molested? Is that why you're gay? What the fuck? Who are these people? It was really hard. I went home and cried. I want to go back in the closet. This shit's hard. I wasn't used to being overtly targeted that way. And it sucked. Thankfully, thankfully, that's the worst thing that has ever happened. Um from other people about me being gay. I know a lot of people have experienced much worse, you know, physical violence and much worse things. So I am thankful that that is the extent of the aggressiveness of what I received. But in a city that you think is liberal, there are still these people really mind boggled that a lesbian exists that doesn't look like a gym teacher. I experienced to a lesser degree stupid homophobic comments were mostly from men who didn't believe me someone said to me once you're too pretty to be gay as if that's a compliment but it's a huge insult what they mean is i look too feminine to fit their idea of what a lesbian is that's something that i didn't consider would happen so I wasn't prepared for it and my heart was just too sensitive and gentle for random strangers to be making comments like that. <sighs> Thankfully, um, now, several years later, as a seasoned gay, <laughs> I am much more confident in who I am and my sexuality and I wouldn't take those comments as personally now. I doubted myself so much because I had never, I had never listened to my body. So I had to develop this relationship uh, by finding out what I liked. And before I had that trust in myself and in my body, I went on a date with this girl. She had short hair, very masculine presenting. And I wasn't feeling it. There was a thought in my brain, see, you're not even a lesbian. How could I be attracted to every woman on the earth? No, I have preferences. I have my taste. But my brain was looking for every opportunity to question me and invalidate me. And it was very annoying. So, the question. How do I know if I'm gay? You're not going to like the answer if you clicked on this episode to hear a specific answer. Because the truth is... There's no one thing that makes you gay. There's no one sign. There's no one one hairstyle, one music artist, one thing that makes you gay. It comes from your body. 
if you want to know what your sexual preferences are, you have to get in touch with your body and find out. It's not something that you can Google or take a quiz about or like you can't cut through the often really challenging work of developing a relationship with your body and your desire. It's difficult work because we are taught that our mind is the superior all-knowing thing. We have to push through and our bodies are just this thing to be drug along to accomplish our mind's goals. And we're taught that we need to go fast and it's all about being productive and efficient. And the body doesn't work that way, right? Your desires are not always going to be efficient. Maybe you have a desire to roll down a hill of grass. I used to love to do that as a kid. That's not efficient, right? There's no quote-unquote purpose of doing that other than it's just fun. It just brings you joy. And following that thread of those things that don't have a specific purpose and aren't productive but that they bring you joy, they give you that warmth in your belly or your chest, following that string is how you build a relationship with your desire. You have to show show your body that you care about your desires. If you were shoving them down for so long, if you were ignoring yourself, putting yourself last for so long. And it's it's not an easy journey. That's why I became an intimacy coach to help people build that relationship with their desires and their bodies in in a shame-free sex positive environment. I was so urgently googling and searching and reading about how to know if I'm gay. I need to know, I need to know. I needed I was searching for a sense of certainty so I could feel like I could control what was happening because my the rug got ripped out from under me, so to speak, and I was on unstable ground and I just wanted to grasp on to some aspect of certainty and it doesn't exist. That's the hardest part. The only thing that's certain, especially in that situation, is that things will become clear to you eventually. Eventually, you'll find out what you like if you stay open and curious about it. But if you're so busy looking for an answer right now, I need to know. I need to know my label. I need to know exactly what I am. And if you have that grasping, um, urgent desperation, you're not able to relax and be open to the desires of your body. You're still focused outwardly you're looking for someone else to tell you instead of looking toward yourself and being like okay I'm gonna find out what I like not I'm gonna look to this person to tell me what I should like or who I am or who they think I am it's really hard really hard to take the leap and believe that you have the answers inside of you already especially if you have a history of distrusting your body or being at war with your body or hating your body. And I want to add that if you do come out with some label, it's okay for it to change. I think a lot of the pressure that I put on myself, I needed to be sure that way I could figure out who I am and just tell everyone who I am. 
but it's okay for it to change. And the pressure of figuring it out once and for all is just way too much pressure. That's going to get in the way of actually finding out what you like because you're too stressed about putting a label on yourself. It's okay to come out as something and then come out as something else, right? I came out as bisexual a few years later, came out as a lesbian. And that's okay. It's okay to, as you gather more information about yourself, as you gather more experiences, as you build more of a relationship with your body and your desires, it's okay for that information to change your understanding of yourself. It's like when we got more information that Pluto's not really a planet. They didn't lie to us. They're not bad people because, oh, well, I learned in school it was a planet and now you're telling me it's not? What the hell? Right? They just got more information. They got more understanding and they adapted. And it's the same thing with your sexuality. Whatever you think you are right now is okay. Instead of sitting in your room, wandering in your head and driving yourself crazy, just spinning out in your mind, go have experiences, real world experiences out of outside of your head, outside of the internet, so you can get real time feedback and data and then start to shape your understanding about yourself. That's how you figure it out. You go out, test it, explore it, come back, update your information. That's how you figure anything out. That's how you learn. And your sexuality is no different. On that point, I want to speak a little bit to the people that maybe are in straight relationships and wondering if they're gay. Because I know it's not as easy to just go out and have an experience and get, you know, get more data if you're in a monogamous relationship. You might not want an open relationship. Your partner might not be supportive of that idea for you to go explore. And maybe you don't want to in that relationship. I want to offer this to you because it's something that really helped me a lot when I was in my straight marriage and I was battling with this idea of being gay but I didn't want to ruin my marriage and hurt this person and it's it's this can you imagine there being someone out there who is able to love your partner better than you're able to love them if the answer is yes might that be the less hurtful thing for them in the long run to free them to go find someone who can love them and who is attracted to them and who wants to have sex with them if that's not you that's okay that really helped me because i loved that person and i saw how much my disinterest in them sexually and often romantically was hurting them and I just realized, if I loved this person, wouldn't it be the most loving thing to let them go? It was relieving to me because I realized that I've done all I can do. We still talk. I've met his wife. She's really nice. They are such a great fit together. Such a better fit than we ever were. <laughs> if I were to have selfishly clung on to that relationship so as to not be alone or not ruin things with him or out of my own ego like I don't want I don't want to be a failure in getting a divorce it would have just prolonged 
the pain. It wasn't a failure at all. I learned so much about myself in that relationship, but I will say that struggling with it yourself, by yourself, is way too heavy for one person, and it will cause you more anguish than is worth. It is better to talk to someone, get support about that, even if it's not from your partner. Get support from someone who can understand what the queer experience might be like, or who, at the very least, is non-judgmental. So, if you are asking yourself, how do, but how do I know if I'm gay? I want to give you a few tips. It's okay not to be sure. You can be 80% sure, 90% sure, 50% sure. There's no such thing as 100% certainty for anything, so don't put the pressure on yourself to be 100% sure about this. Start thinking about how you can make changes to your current life to allow more room for that exploration and curiosity, if that feels important to you. Tactile, sensory experiences are the way that you can find out what you like and what you don't, much more than just reading articles, taking quizzes, analyzing yourself to death. Get out of your head, get into your body, go have experiences that tickle your senses. And I'm not talking about sexual ones. Find your favorite chocolate and see how slowly you can eat it. See how slowly you can drink your favorite tea or coffee. Start playing with your senses. Start really soaking in your experiences so you can get used to feeling things in your body. How do you know when something feels good? When you have a relationship with your body, then you're much more connected to your intuition. You're much more connected to what feels good and what feels not so good. And that's going to help you when you're navigating any um, questions or curiosities around your sexuality or anything in life, really. It did get better for me. I went from, you know, taking depression naps and having panic attacks after I left my marriage and was a baby gay, as they call it. And a few years later, I am now engaged to the love of my life. And she is everything that I didn't know that I could have, but I really wanted. And I would have never gotten here if I wouldn't have decided to take that leap and follow that gnawing voice, that little tiny whisper of intuition that was telling me, hey, this isn't right for you. This doesn't feel right anymore. And now that voice has gotten louder and louder because I've cultivated a relationship with my body and I can feel my intuition much more now. When you're able to get out of your mind, get out, step away from those roles of who you should be, what you should do, what you should want, how you should act, and really get in touch with what your body is wanting, craving, desiring, everything becomes a lot more clear. If this episode made you feel anything, please go and rate this podcast so that more people can hear these shame-melting, cultural-shifting kind of personal conversations. Mm-hmm.